cliffcentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the cliffcentral.com website where there's a show for you. Cliffcentral.com, it is Friday morning in a sort of rainy Joburg, which has been really fascinating the last couple of days. It's been wet, which kind of sits well with sex talk. And radio, uncensored and unscripted. And I'm in the studio with some really wonderful friends. Tomorrow, I miss you. It's time to come home. I know you're having a wonderful time with your family, but it's time to come home because I miss you and I miss you being here on Friday mornings. So, Bruce, good morning. Good morning, South Africa. It's really cool to have you. And the world. Yes, and the world. Yes, of course. Sorry. And the rest of you, too. Yeah. Say hello nicely to the folks down under, because 10% or so of our listeners are there. Down under? That's it. Oh, all right. Well, I'm Bruce, so you're in good company. (laughs) There we go. Bruce and the sheep going down under. (laughs) (laughs) And Claire is with us, which is so cool to have you back here again. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. That was a good South African. How's How's it? it? We need to make you a little bit louder or you need to speak a little bit closer. That's better. There we go. (laughs) That's fantastic. Lacquer. Yes. So we're talking this morning about love and relationships. Um, It's been on my mind a lot lately. I know it's been on your mind. I presume it's been on your mind a lot lately. (laughs) It is for all of us because it's such an important part of life. Mm. But let's do the dirty dictionary first. I like this dirty dictionary word. It's one of my favorite themes. Ninja sex. Chocolate starfish. Twitter bag. Today's dirty dictionary word is Dark Star. Dirty dictionary word Dark Star. Is it like black sheep? It's not. Uh, eh. <laughs> kind of quite far away from black. <laughs> Brucey, any clues? I, I would say the part of the universe that exists beyond the chocolate starfish would be the dark star. Okay. Well, you're actually in the neighborhood. Oh, okay. <laughs> you are in the neighborhood. So we will come back to what the dark star Okay. Is. Okay. Intrigued. Mm. Well, certainly intrigues me. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite uh, things. <laughs> So, we will come back to the dark star. Cool. Cool. Very good. And we are sad about Leonard Cohen dying. I love his work. I mean, mm. it's amazing. Shame, yeah. So, we are going to play a Leonard Cohen song at the end of the show, one of my favorites. Good. So, it's, yeah, quite something. His contribution over the years was amazing. But 82 is a good run. Not bad. Like you've yeah. got to, yeah. Not bad. We've lost a few 
Yeah, and amazing this year it's been incredible. Amazing music, muso souls mm. and spirits. And uh, actors, writers, it's yeah. been quite a year. I saw a post this morning that just said, you know, 2016 has outstanding taste in music <laughs> because it's <laughs> taken um, some of the best that we've yeah. had. So, Absolutely. So I wanted to start the show today with three um, questions or uh, statements. And the first one was a paraphrase from the Tao Te Ching or the Tao Te Ching, whichever way you choose to pronounce it. So the first line of the Tao says the Tao that can be named is not the Tao. Because as soon as you define it, immediately you've lost what it is. So my paraphrase was the love that can be named is not love. Mm. So what we do with love, and somebody asked me this, the last retreat in Mozambique, somebody said, well, how do you define love? And it's indefinable. Like, you know it. So I wrote something that I posted last night, which was, don't try and think it, don't try and understand it, feel it, and that's where the knowing is. Oh, that makes sense. So as soon as we try and, and put a label on it, we're talking about the qualities of love. Mm. But wouldn't it be more individual? I mean, don't you think that maybe it depends on who you are and how you express yourself and you know the label for one defining it for one person doesn't define it for everyone exactly else. yeah but so, that's that's the point you need to be loose a little bit sorry. that's it ha. There I, th- we go. I think it's one of those things one of those it's a phenomena really mm. love is for me because it it does sort of saddle the realms between um, constructs and those things that are definable that do have definition and those things that don't because we all you know if I say to you oh I'm so in love there'll be, there's a part of you that's going to resonate with it so there are definitions yes. that do exist there are certain commonalities and traits and things and structures that so you'll know what I'm so yes. you'll have an idea at least you're of passionate what I'm, about it then exactly, exactly. Yeah. but there are certain things that it, it lives in a realm you know there's um internationally re- renowned life coach Martha Beck and author Martha Beck talks about the realm of wordlessness where is which is the best state to be in for uh, creative potential or if you want to change anything in your life if you want to rewire yourself wow. is a, is being in a state of wordlessness mm. and the best way to be in a state of wordlessness is ironically to do exercises from the Tao Te Ching is one of the things yeah. that she she rec- uh, recommends and also just to to live in the realm of things where where you don't try and put a label or something or put it into a box because love for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years through poetry and song and all of those things is constantly being expressed as something that's the frustration the poets you know they talk about how even the finest poets Shakespeare at all will talk about how they can't put it in a box it just, yeah. it's not yeah. something that can be described with so many words yeah and it keeps changing and as we grow and expand it changes mm. um, and I look at my my year my life um, loving in a way that I never have before and hurting in a way that I never have before and being willing to sit with something and in a way that's very similar so for mm. me the, the expression becomes silent knowing yeah yeah and being with it and going through so many different levels of of this and the feeling of it yeah um and different feelings and coming to a place of understanding that the love is important for the sake of loving mm. and for me Loving is 
just one of the biggest expressions of my life. Yeah. Regardless of a context, regardless of an outcome. Um, what do you want? <laughs> Don't. Oh, but we if have you want to visi- push, we have visitors. If you want to push buttons, push the buttons. <laughs> Jonty's having his buttons pushed here in the studio. <laughs> Alessa, push the buttons. Jonty, you've got two shows coming through one microphone. Oh, well. But it sounds like a security guard on his, uh, on his uh, Oh, is somebody come, somebody's hooked into us. <laughs> so, Hello. Well, just so that everybody knows. That I, can't, I can't hear anything else. So, I can just hear... Us. Us. Well, apparently yeah. the studio next door was struck by lightning in the early hours of the morning. So we, this is probably yeah. a repercussion. Listen, Cliff Central, yeah, anything's possible. But it gets me to this heart space. And so much of my work has been moving into this is more the heart space mm. that you love because it's important for you to love. Yeah. And a while ago, um, somebody asked me a question of, uh, let's just put it in where it was. She asked me, it was a woman who asked me, what do I get from loving her? Oh. That was the most fascinating, or one of the most fascinating questions I had ever been asked in my life. It wasn't what I like about her, what I love about her. What do I get? It was totally about me. That's such a cool question from to ask someone. Her. So let's put it in something that makes some beautiful sense. A long time ago, I came across the work of Anthony DeMello. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. He's a Jesuit priest, was. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a fascinating book called The Way to Love. Oh, wow. And in this, he talks about, it was quite short pieces that he wrote. And one of them was about selfishness. And essentially, he said, everything that we do, we are getting something from. In love, specifically. In life. Everything. It doesn't matter how charitable, how giving. It doesn't mm. matter. We are getting something from it. So right. we've Even been, if it's being miserable. Yeah. yeah. So we've been brought up with the idea that love or, or, or that selfishness is actually wrong. Yeah. But the truth is we are getting something from every single thing that we do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if we I can acknowledge what it is that we're getting from something… It becomes very, very different. So I started looking at that, for example, in terms of the work that I do. Why do I do what I do? Yeah. What's in it for me? Yeah. Never mind the giving, the healing, me in that space. Yes. And I went through a lot of different layers of that, and some of them were brutally honest, which were quite shocking. Um, but the honesty became amazing. Yeah. Look at loving in the same way. What do we get from loving? Right. Without an expectation, not that I love you because you're going to love me back. I, I can totally relate to that because from, from my experience of being in a relationship and loving someone was the amazing way that it felt to, on occasion, put somebody else first. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and loving, and seeing myself from a distance uh, and seeing myself being a loving, caring person and nurturing for someone else. So, uh, you know, in situations where my partner would get sick or need some nurturing or cuddle or a little bit of patience or all of the, you know, situations where I was confronted with his shortcomings or weaknesses and yeah. being able to see myself overcoming those and loving him anyway yeah. was a beautiful thing for me to see in myself. Yeah. And that was such a, a a gift as well to to notice that I have this capacity for forgiveness, love, understanding, and compassion for another human being, and it immediately allowed me to feel more in, of that w- towards myself as yeah. well. Mm. So for me, for example, one of the greatest things was was being inspired. 
Right. So I write a lot. So the more inspired I can be, the more that I have to share. Mm. That comes from having a more open heart. Mm. Full stop. Definitely. And often the depth of hurt that we're willing to experience opens our heart because it shatters it. Yeah. Yes. Breaks it open. Yeah. And then you need to keep it open. That's the key. Yeah. It's the you challenge. don't shut it down. You keep it open and you keep it more open and you feel with greater intensity and greater intensity. And the more that you do that, the more the heart will stay open. Do you think that like adoration is one of the things as well? I mean, you are being, you adore because you're being adored. Like it, it's like a, a mirror. I don't know how else to explain it. The fact that somebody adores you, that's what you get out of this relationship yeah. or, or loving someone. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But there, it becomes a problem with that. Okay. Because if I'm loving because you're loving me or adoring me because I'm adoring you, what happens when I withdraw that or change it mm. or the form it takes changes? Right. Then it becomes difficult. Okay. I think also the act of adoration in itself is it's a, it's a, you, you're in a slightly manic state and you're mm. adoring this person and you're in this like rapture. And I think that becomes addictive. Sometimes the, it facilitates in myself. There have been times when I've developed infatuations on individuals where I just have this image of this person in my mind and I just love adoring that person. So I fall in love with myself in adoration Mm. mode. Yes. And often I've found in my, in the past, it's not reciprocated. That person does not adore me back at all. If anything, they're like full of shit and give me a hard time and whatnot. Mm. And I like run after them like a lappy little puppy. And I think sometimes for me, the pattern has been noticing, ah, you, you just like to be in the state of adoration. Yes. Mm. So, uh, it's not necessarily about this person. It's about you just want, to, I want to be in love and yeah. I want to be like longing for someone yeah. and, and <laughs> craving that person's company and hoping that they'll notice you. And, and that can sometimes also be uh, addictive in yeah. a, in a maybe not so constructive That's way. That's what you're getting from. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to love ultimately because the loving is important for us. Right. And it's a huge space to be able to get to mm. because it becomes more and more unconditional. And it's not about anybody else. Right. Because as soon as we have put love, um, oh, that's fantastic. Wonderful. I'm so pleased. Huh, let's put this on. Skype is on. There we go. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? <laughs> Oh, it is so cool to hear your voice. <laughs> I'm just tweeting away, listening to your amazing conversation, thinking, fine, you know, it's actually what what an amazing conversation. Oh my you know, God, I don't want like to right actually here. ruin every, anything. No, that's fantastic. I'm so pleased to hear your voice because I don't know if you heard the beginning oh, of the show and I said how much I miss you and it's time for you to come home. And I was like, I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> hi. Hi. Hey, Tamar. Hi, gorgeous people. I really will repopulate the earth with the people in the studio. I really will. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So we're just going to carry on talking, okay? Yes, please, please. Okay. Uh-huh. So, so I totally lost what I was There's saying. There's love. But, yeah. But it needs to be that <laughs> the more it is about loving because it's important for me to love, the easier it actually is to love. Mm. And then it's not so dependent on somebody else's response um, because that becomes the problem. And that's like the falling in love. Mm. That if you fall in love, at some stage, fair chance you're going to fall out of love. Yeah. Um, and then loving is very different yeah. and it's a very different space. And more and more I see the possibilities of coming 
from that love space. And I look at my life in the last couple of months and I see how much I've been able to change things from that heart space, that things that would have thrown me before into some really serious and deep spaces have not by learning to sit with them. Yeah. Mm. To be with them. Yeah. To say, there's some things I can change, there's some I can't. But sitting with it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, is there truth in that kind mm. of thing as well? Yeah. It's always. And <clears throat> it really shifts so much. And the extension of that then becomes the way that we do relationships. Right. And essentially, I've come to see that the way we set most relationships up, they are doomed to fail. Uh oh. We have created relationships that cannot yep. succeed. I agree. And it's because of preconceived yeah. notions of what a relationship should be. And what it is. What it is. What you see from other people. Yeah. And the exactly. expectations and the myths and illusions that our world has created. Exactly. About that. And I think, and it has to be said, I mean, this is sex talk. It's also the relationship between love and romance mm. and sex. Mm. Those things are not... Uh, they don't subscribe to preconceived notions. You can't, it's so complicated. It's so complex. You can completely love someone with every fiber of your being. That person can love you too, but you may still have sex with other people or have infidelities or have a strange uh, sexual uh, relationship with, with with yourself or with other people. So these things are, are complex. It's not as not simple. Want sex at all. Like, or, exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, I was sitting with a client yesterday, and we had this beautiful, beautiful discussion that really encapsulated so many of these things. And the first thing about it was the expectation that we have of a relationship. Mm. Like, what do we think a relationship is? And I asked her, "What is the purpose of your relationship?" And it was a really fascinating question. So the first thing was, it's about family. So they've got kids, so it's a family space. Okay. Then it was companionship. Um, it was the fact that they make a great team. And a lot of relationships are partnerships. Yeah. Yes. Because you work well together, it's a partnership, yeah. not necessarily a relationship. And then I said to her, what about expanding this into that your relationship becomes a space of growth? Okay. Put that into the mix. Let your relationship become a space of exploration. And that's where it starts to really expand. Because if it's about growth, then we can take a lot of limitations and judgments out of the way. Yeah. Mm. So if it's about growth, it means I need to grow and expand as a person. You need to grow and expand as a person. Then what we're bringing to that space becomes very different. Mm. Completely. So how do we do that? And then we start to create experiences that are for me, for you, and for both of us. Okay. So one of the principles that I teach with, and this is how we start to go beyond judgment. So let's start putting it in a sexual context because that's, you know, my world. Yes. Um, which says how if you're going to have an experience and not necessarily only a sexual experience, the questions to ask at the beginning of that say, what am I going to get from this? Yeah. Mm. Where can it take me? What can it show me of myself, me of you? What can it give us? Mm. And then I have more of what I'm bringing in between to us. You are bringing more. Our relationship can expand. Okay. 
And that's where the purpose or the intention of experiences, not only sexual experiences, become different. Mm. I think, and, and also just clearing yourself of damaging or harmful preconceived notions of what a relationship should be. Literally, um, take the concept of the happily ever after and put it in a can and shoot the shit well, out of that, that motherfucker. Is the biggest load of crap because <laughs> it, it is, can be. It's a monumental fuck up. No, the, you know, the moment, the first time you have you you fall for someone, you're falling in love with somebody, you're getting to know someone. The first time you have conflict or there's a bit of awkwardness or you, the sex isn't the way you'd uh, imagined it was going to be, or the kiss was a little bit sloppy or whatever the case may be. Then we just end up throwing the baby out of the bathwater. We're like, oh no, fuck, this is not perfect. Exactly. Yeah. I, I need perfect. Yeah, because we change. Yeah, our partners change, our relationships change. What Situation we want from life yeah. changes. The journeys we're on change, and when something is done, we need to be able to say, "This is done," and I need to walk a different path now. And one of yeah. the biggest things is, you know, we stay together for the kids. Fuck! Do you know what you're teaching your children? You're mm. teaching them it's okay to be unhappy. It's okay to be miserable. And those children that have to live through fight after fight or awkward situations, yeah. and those, it doesn't Or even help, parents who just don't that. allow themselves to be the fullness of who they are. Mm. And then on the, on the flip side of the coin as well, me being devil's advocate, we've got, I mean, I know for a lot of same-sex relationships, you've got people who just throw it away so quickly mm. because there is nothing really cementing the relationship. Yeah. So even, I mean, I know plenty of couples, they even get married because it is now legal, but it's just so easy to get divorced. Yeah. And move on because oh no it's just too much work to work yeah, on myself or work sure. on this relationship or really and the thing, you know the moment uh, for example the sex aspect is a big thing I know among the uh, the gay community where guys feel that oh no we've been together for three four years we we guys and the sex isn't as exciting as it used to be so oh well fuck it it's just like I you know so either break up the relationship or not continue to work on it and think and people don't want to have to work on on relationships they feel that they don't understand that you have to work for anything in this world if uh, whether it's your income or your outlook on life or you have to constantly be working on yourself to be a better and more successful person the same thing applies to a relationship yeah. it's an organic thing that needs to be built on but i think women have you know, you hear a lot of men complaining about the woman and the woman and the, you know, and I think women need to understand that they need to, you know, I know they've got the hassle of the kids and the cooking and the cleaning and the work and the this. And, and I mean, I myself know I don't drive in the car without having five million thoughts going through my head mm. and you're exhausted and all that kind of stuff. But like working on yourself will work on that relationship mm, as yeah. well. It's, it's a bit, you know, big complaint is letting yourself go. And then, and I mean, the men let themselves go as well. And of course, all that, but they does. will last after their wives for a lot longer than the women will just cut it all off and go. Don't want it anymore, you know. Yeah. Don't touch me. <laughs> but, Don't touch me. <laughs> and a lot of that becomes the fact that we're not educated for relationships. Yeah. Mm. We're not educated for pleasure. So we go into this thinking that we know how this is going to work. Yeah. And our models are the movies. Mm. Yeah. The soap operas. Porn. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. You see other people and yeah. how happy yeah. they are. And... Our parents. Yeah. And a lot of times our parents and our families did not get it right. Yeah. I mean, I think I was 18, 18 or 19 when my parents got divorced. The last six months they lived in the same house together and didn't say one word to each yeah. other. Yeah. And, yep. you know, this becomes our model. Mm. Yeah. But you could also look at parents. If I think about my parents who stayed together for years and years and, you know, years 
and and they were quite happy. The fact of the matter was they w- it wasn't they weren't as willing to give up on things as mm. we are nowadays. Mm. I find people just walk away from relationships quite quickly. Complete, whereas yeah. they made sure that they'd stick together. With, I don't know if it was, the, I mean, I doubt it was therapy knowing my parents. I mean, yeah, true. but you know, you, you know that they're going to try and work it out and work together. And, and you know, my dad's going to fight for it. My mom's going to fight. Yeah. For yeah. It, that kind of but thing. when you do that, that's when you're willing to actually say, so let's make this a space of growth. Yes. And that doesn't mean that a relationship is going to last. No. But it simply says that then the choices that we're going to make are from a broader perspective than a narrower perspective. Yeah. And for me, one of the biggest things becomes, are we making choices from a fear-based space or from a love-based space? Right. And that's where a lot of, I'm staying there for the kids or I'm staying there for the security. That's a fear-based space. Yeah. Because it shuts you as an individual down. Mm. Definitely. You can't be yourself. No. Of course not. And that's what you end up teaching. So the education and the perspective we have on relationship needs to be very, very different. And that's where we can start to expand that. And how do we do that, though? Well, we start it when kids are young. Okay. You start giving, firstly, emotional education. And part of that is that it's okay. You don't teach your kids all kind of false perceptions and you don't try to make yourself perfect as well. Yeah. And that's a huge thing as a, as a parent. Well, the issue is because so many parents are just leaving it up to, they think that the schools are going to do it and they think that, you know, the kids will learn by themselves. And the problem is you've got, we live in a world of, of media where any child who has access to a smartphone, which is most children, will find porn, will find oh. websites and those will become that those are the, the become the teachers of the of the mm. young. Yeah. If you don't play the role of the teacher, somebody else will teach your child. And the and one of the biggest culprits in all of this is religion. Definitely, what Definitely. they teach in terms of of how a relationship should be. Exactly, and part of it means that we need to be teach our kids, and as adults, we need to feel. Yeah, and we need to feel everything. Mm. And we need to be okay to feel that and to talk about the feelings. Definitely. And that's the biggest thing, to say, this makes me feel inadequate. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Some of that I can change, some of that I can't. And I said something so interesting yesterday to this client. It was this amazing conversation that if you go to a shaman Mm. with these kind of questions, so why am I unhappy in my relationship? Mm. Why am I unhappy in my life. Mm. They don't look at the conditions of your relationship or the conditions of your life. The shaman says, when did you stop dancing with life? And when did you stop singing your song? And when did you stop telling your story? You gave up. That's it. When did you stop being you? Yeah. Because within you is this amazing heart space and Mm. this amazing joy. Yeah. When you dance with that, when you tell your story with authenticity and your story has laughter and your story has tears and your story has loneliness and your story has joy and intimacy and companionship Mm. and compassion and anger and frustration and despair, that's when you're being authentic. Yeah. 
It makes so much sense to me because I think so, yeah. myself included, I think it's so easy to get, so, get caught up in a loving relationship with somebody and get so swept up in the magic of the relationship mm-hmm. that, that you do make your narrative, your story, your way of expressing your dance becomes secondary. For me, it, I find it so easy to make the relationship ends up being the most amazing thing. And then, mm-hmm. and then by, you know, then the, the, or the partner ends up being the, the number one thing. And then you can't really sing someone else's song. You can't really no, dance somebody yeah. else's dance. No. And that's what you end up trying to do. And so you don't know the steps and you don't know the words and you're not in harmony. And that's where the issues begin because mm. then you start making an awful noise and making a fool of yourself. Yeah. So, so mm. I can dance my dance yeah. and I can make space for you to dance with me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And the more I do that, the more authentic it becomes. It's quite beautiful. Mm. And, and, and one of the biggest things in this becomes ritual expression of, you know, so in a lot of conscious sexuality, a lot of the experiences we actually put in quite a ritual space. You create a space for the experience. You light some candles, you put some music on, um, yeah. some incense, but there's a purpose to coming together for something that's an expression of love. And what ritual does, because religion does the same thing. You know, you go to a church, you go to a synagogue, you go to a mosque. There's a ritual in that. Mm. And it separates yeah. that space from everything else that you do. Yes. So you're coming there as an expression of love. So from my world, often that will be about sensuality or sex or sexual energy. But the consciousness makes it a very different experience. Yeah. So think about how most sexual experiences happen. They mm. follow this kind of pattern. You know, you're sitting watching TV and I put my hand on your leg and we kiss and we cuddle and we touch and I lick your boobs and I lick you and you suck me and we have sex. Mm. That's kind of what we do. We get into bed and we kind of, the pattern. Yeah. Consciousness says we're going to make this a different expression. So maybe this is going to be the dance of our love and maybe it's going to be the song of our love. Whatever it might be. But in that ritual space, there's purpose and intention. There's consciousness. And a lot of love is not conscious. Yeah. Definitely. You know, to say, how many people say, I love you, how many times a day? God, all day. Plenty. Day. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think it's also what people understand as love. So a lot of people are like, well, well you, you love me, so you should know. You, you know, I don't like this, or I don't want to do this, or so people use it as an excuse yeah. not to communicate. You know that old adage, that terrible one: "Love means never having to say you're sorry." Bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> love is saying absolutely. I'm sorry when you say, when you. Because there's a something. simple truth: loving yeah, somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Say that again. Tomorrow, say that love again. Love is intimacy. Love is communication. Mm. Love is being in that vulnerability. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And you are going to hurt people. You're going to hurt the people you love and they're going to hurt you. Definitely. That's an absolute given. Given. To forget, to think that you are not going to forget it. Yeah. You're going to hurt them. You're going to yeah. disappoint them. Oh, perfect. Yeah, because growth is painful. Yeah. I'm perfect. I don't know what you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> Except for you, of course. <laughs> yes. oh but that's where it takes us to and to understand that. Mm. And in that we start to allow ourselves to be who we are. Yeah. I think what and time them is, to uh, be who they are. Sorry, like I didn't mean yeah. to. Yeah. And that's where it becomes a point of saying, I fully get who you are. Mm. That might not be a space that I can be in. Yeah. That's all. Because that's not my journey, or it's not where I want to go, and that's all. 
And sometimes that's the kindest thing you can do and say, not just for the other person, but for yourself as well. I mean, of all the things I've read, uh, the books, articles, the research that's been done by relationship therapists around the world, the one thing that kept coming up over and over again is the one determining factor that makes, that allows for a relationship to last is not how much sex the couple has, how um, wealthy they are, what the demographics are, what the socio-political, economic, all of those things are contributing factors. But the number one thing that determines whether or not a relationship will last is kindness. Mm. Kindness is the essential wow. ingredient. So it has been found statistically that relationships that incorporate kindness from both parties are relationships that last. It has nothing to do with how attractive one yeah. of them is or wealthy or how much effort if there is kindness in the mix the relationship will last which is one of the deepest expressions of love exactly and a lot of it is just wow. a lot of the words that we're using are shades of love exactly mm-hmm. and, and kindness is two, a two way yeah, street you absolutely. cannot be kind to somebody else if you can't be kind to yourself no. and that's where we fall down mm. because we live in this world where we are not important yeah. In terms of the gifts that we have, it's it's not okay to talk about how good you are at certain things, which is so sad. It's yeah. so difficult to Except celebrate. Claire, Claire doesn't have a problem with that. <laughs> I was joking. I was just joking. <laughs> but you know, but we do that, and we tend to put ourselves down with that. Mm. Um, so, like, wow, that was amazing, and it's like, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And not oh, the you really thing. think so? No. Yeah. Yeah. John, do you know something I've noticed? I really noticed that some people that came to the show and Karen just beware and they said, No, don't say that and life is perfect and you know, there are so many people that came to the show and never came back because yeah. you you know, it's hurting to actually burst the bubble. It hurts. Yeah. But I'll tell you something and I really only acknowledged it or understood it this week of how important it is to own everything about us and to own the spaces that we're in, the spaces that we occupy. And an enormous part of that is owning the stuff that you are really good at. Mm. And when you heal and when you grow, to own what has happened on that journey. Mm. Yeah. Um, because there is such acknowledgement in that and it makes it kind of real. It brings it into, into form. Mm. Um, and we don't often do that. But you do you know? think also, it, I think it's quite important, you're being true to yourself and maybe publicly, I'll give an example of a friend of mine, a mom specifically, talks about how difficult motherhood really is. So she's quite, you know how moms are always like, no, he sleeps all night and he's so wonderful. And da, da, da. she speaks truly about what, and so many mm. moms come up to her and go, oh, thank God I'm not failing at what I'm doing mm. because obviously they're reading all these mommy posts and all this kind of stuff. And, and I think maybe in relationships, it's, it's the same thing. I don't expect you to go on Facebook and, you know, every five minutes yeah. tell us how horrible your relationship is, but maybe being true to yourself and true, you know, sort of expressing a real statement on your relationship. Yeah, it's not easy. We'll yeah. make other people realize, yeah. no, mm. okay, I'm not the, you know, it's not. And we're the, so scared and, to do that. Yeah. And yeah. what you've said there is so important in terms of we have been given this incredible judgment on failure. Yeah. Mm. So I'll say yeah. two things. If you are really loving, you cannot fail. Oh. 
And because a relationship does not work or does not last does not mean that you have failed. No. And that's the issue there. And yeah. it's a huge it's, thing feel. because of the judgment. Mm. You know, this till death do you part and all of that. And I learned something really interesting. A while ago, Gareth went to Silicon Valley yes. with a whole lot of tech entrepreneurs. And he came back and gave a, a talk on, on what he'd experienced there. And he said one of the most fascinating things was if somebody's business didn't work out – Two, three, four. Two. They didn't consider that a failure, yeah, because they were learning. Yeah, yeah. And we have, and in that space, they've created a really true expression mm. of something. In so much of our world, we haven't done that because we've put this enormous level of judgment. Yeah. If your business doesn't succeed, it failed. Yeah. No, it didn't necessarily fail. It didn't work. That doesn't mean. Failure in terms of a judgment. Well, you, if a relationship doesn't last, it doesn't mean mm. failure. Maybe if it didn't last, there was a truth, yeah. not a failure. Yeah. Or it served its purpose. The point is to get up, dust yourself off, and try again. Exactly. You know, and say, so work, what's the growth it? from this? And yes. not all relationships are supposed to last forever. No. no. You know, it could be a, you know, a, a reason, a yes. season, or a lifetime. Yeah. And, and yeah. some of my most powerful and intimate experiences in my 37 years on this planet have been very short mm. encounters with people who I've never seen again. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think, and, and everything has its value in a different, so just because a relationship didn't end in wedding bells and, you know, a retirement plan together doesn't mean that the relationship was a failure. Yeah. It was yeah. exactly what it needed to yeah. be while it was what it was. You know, this memory comes up. Oh. I've been a single parent since my daughter was four years old. And that was an incredibly challenging journey at times. Yeah. Um, and I remember at one point, I think it was in her mid-teens, and from 13 to 17, my daughter was an alien. She was from another planet. She was well, a monster well, beyond a monster. That's girls for you. That's girls for you. <laughs> and even to this day, she says she hopes she has boys because she can deal with anything boys do. doesn't matter. But to put a parent through what she put me, she yeah, said she hopes she never has to go through that herself. So, Agreed. Wow. But one of the most amazing things was when we had a conversation and I said to her, this is the time to tell me all the things that you are angry with me about. Wow. And I'm not going to explain it. I'm not going to justify it. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to listen to you. And as a parent, that included everything. And it was the most amazing thing because it wasn't about failing at anything. Mm. It was the fact that I'd made a lot of mistakes. But that's a difficult thing. There were things that I could do differently. Yeah. That's all. It's a difficult thing, though, because you're facing... What you the the fuck ups you've made? But you're that. facing your vulnerability, mm -hmm. yes. and in that you're facing your humanness. Yeah. And what a beautiful gift to give and her as well. Totally. And the same thing in a relationship mm. to allow ourselves that vulnerability. Mm. Yes, I'm going to cock up. Mm. Yes, I'm going to hurt you. Yes, I'm going to disappoint you. Mm. And acknowledging that person's pain. Yeah. Saying, okay, I, I acknowledge, I, I hurt you there. I That's see all. that I did. I can change some of it. I can't. Some I, I can can't. apologize. But and sometimes it's enough. It's what well, you know. You're not intentionally. Mm -hmm. hurting. Mm -hmm. That's from the space of love. Totally. And the more conscious we become in our lives, and the more we are in that heart space, we see how big that heart space is. Yeah. And we think it's this limited little thing. I love you, and that's my world. Yeah. Yes, in that moment, you. Oh, my world. Yeah. But of the 7 billion people on this planet, my heart's connected to every one of them in some way. 
because every one of those journeys is ours. Mm. I think it's so important. Uh, I love the word journey that you use mm. there, um, um, John T, because I think it's such a big thing is that we all just want to rush. You know, I, I, I've even been guilty of, you know, when I start dating someone and it's going really well, I just want to fast forward to the part mm. where we're settled and we're happy and we're having our little life and our little family story. And I think we do ourselves and one another such an injustice because we rush and we've got this, it's an issue, I think, universal issue in terms of our relationships mm. with sex and with, we are not enjoying the process we're not delaying gratification we meet someone that we like we find sexually attractive we just want to shag them and we want to shag them mm. with with no, no condom because we want to feel that intimacy that closeness we want to be in there and the thing is it's a process you know it, it, it if you being kind to yourself and being kind to another person can be a process of of learning to unravel and unwrap Something gradually over a period of time, building the trust so that you eventually get to a point where you can both talk about having unprotected sex together and knowing what your status is and, and, and also just getting to know each other in a, in a gradual process. The thing is, we just want, we want to eat dessert before the yeah. starter even, you know? Yeah. And the deliciousness, wow, you said it's so good. and the deliciousness is enjoying everything for what it is. Exactly. But we have this expectation. That the dessert's better than the hors d'oeuvre, or the yeah. main exactly. course, or yeah. and it's and it's the journey, as you yeah. said. It's the there's a whole delicious. How many courses in in the development of a relationship? Learning just to take a breath. And You'll get there. there. You'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. And if it's just a sexual thing, fantastic. Mm. Go fuck yourself, stupid, for a week or a month. Yeah. Yeah. And so thank you very much. That was cool. No more. Hmm. Give me a bottle of wet wipes and off we go. <laughs> God bless wet wipes. <laughs> Amen. No, but course and road trips will never be the same without them. Yeah. But that's the truth of it. And we just need to kind of slow it all down, which is so hard in our world because it is this world of immediacy. Mm. You know, I email you, you have to email me back. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Phone rings, you have to answer it. Why haven't you responded to my WhatsApp? Yeah. Yes. What a load of cuck. Oh. Mm. Take a breath. I saw you read it. I saw you read yeah. it. Yeah, there were two blue ticks. Yeah. Yeah. Relax. Take a breath. Yeah. And I want to share something with you because the last couple of months have been on a lot of levels for me incredibly difficult in almost every way mm. and I got to this amazing space of learning to sit with things instead of trying to force some things be with them and from that the most amazing opportunities are opening up okay. and they're not from doing anything they're from being Sure. From being in that silent knowing and literally sitting, which for us becomes the hardest thing to do because mm. we have to do. Yeah. I have to go out and I have to market myself and I have to write mm. this and I have to do that and I have to talk with this one to go to that meeting. Busy, busy, busy. Go, yeah. Go. And all that you're doing often is you're just filling space. You're mm. filling time. And you sit with things and the most amazing things start to appear. And the more busy you are, the less space there is for them to be there. Yeah, I suppose things can come to you that way. But you have you to let to them, them and, in. Mm. And you have to be able to recognize them. Mm. And that comes through being. Yeah. Not doing and being quiet. And that's the most 
one of the most amazing expressions of love. Wow. It really is because it's learning to receive. You've got to empty your cup. And for us to mm. be loved, I think for so many of us is one of the hardest things. Yeah. The giving of love often is yeah. easy. And for a lot of people, it's a control thing. Mm. If I'm loving you, I'm in charge. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Debatable. Why, why do I do it? Yeah. yeah. And I'm doing all of the things that are about love. That's so doing I love, love you. I'm owning you as well. Yeah. It's ownership. And I'm doing this for you and I'm doing that for you. And You are my person. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's the doing of love. Yeah. Not the being of love. And they're worlds apart. Mm. And learning to be loved. Fuck, that's hard for so many of Not us. Mm. Because that's where we open to everything. We, oh my God. That's what a lot of this whole journey was for me. In that, we really allow ourselves to be the most vulnerable and the most beautiful that we can be. Yeah. Definitely. Being loved. Mm. Not the doing of somebody loving me or somebody doing love to me, for me. Mm. Mm. Do you think people struggle a lot and think they don't deserve to be loved? Yes, it's a huge oh, thing. Because yes. from the time we're small, we're taught we're not good enough, we don't deserve this, I'm not rich but enough, why? I'm not smart enough, I'm not I mean, pretty telling, enough. Your parents are telling you how wonderful you are. Surely, yeah, your parents or, do, yeah. or to well, a degree. Me. <laughs> yeah, but so many, so much else of our world doesn't tell you that. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, you have to get top marks at school. You have mm. to be in this team and on that team and in this and in this society and all of that. And you have to look a certain way. Yes. and you have to wear the certain things. And your yeah. body has to be this. And you have to do this. And and the problem is, we choose. We often choose to listen to the. People who criticize us rather than the people who praise yeah. us. Why is that though? I don't, I, it's it's because it's trendy. It's yeah. been trendy for, for, trendy for 100 years. <laughs> yeah. And there's a part of us that is incredibly self destructive mm. in that. There's a part of us that will much rather take somebody else's opinion of us than of ourselves. Yeah. Shocking, actually. It's, part Shocking. Of, it's part of being human. Again, something to take on board, really. And, yeah. And because <clears throat> then I can achieve. Yeah. So if I don't have this car, then. I can achieve when I got it. So now I'm driving Jag. I got it. Yeah, no, I don't. And what happens then when I, are you any different? I don't. Th when you drive the Jag, stuff. No. I don't. I don't think I'm after stuff all the time. But most of our world is phones. Maybe. Maybe I have a thing about phones. Because most of our world is an illusion and a distraction. That's because you're yeah. a sexy tech. <laughs> and most of it is. It's an illusion and a distraction yes. from what's. Real. Well, the whole American election was the biggest distraction in the world. Yeah. Huge, yeah. huge. That's all yeah. it was. It takes you out of your heart. My, my okay, thing now is. Okay, I can hear noise, but I can. Oh, it's my. It's my uh, yeah, you see? <laughs> you see? So, Sorry. So, part of loving in this studio says that when people's phones ring during a show, they deserve to be. <laughs> Paddled or flogged, or we don't have any floggers or paddles. Oh, I thought you were going to say hugged and kissed, oh, and no, that's well, part of loving. You see, it depends. Because no. sometimes paddling and flogging can be a loving act. <laughs> Wonderful expression. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's what it And it's so much of this is a distraction that keeps us out of our heart. Because mm. if I really loved myself, and if more of us really loved ourselves, we would create a different world. Mm. We would create different life. We would create different relationships. Think of the song that you would sing and think of the dance that you would do with yeah. life and the story that you would tell. 
There's a YouTube um, channel and a, there's a whole website and movement also based in Silicon Valley, funnily enough, called Mind Valley. Mm-hmm. And it's got, it's, it's this whole movement about, so you've heard of, um, what, what are these things where you, um, I can't remember the exact term, but basically ways to hijack life so that it, that you better and hacking, hacking, yeah, biohacking. So there's there's a cool. new spiritual and psychological movement of biohacking as well, and I, and with this Mind Valley thing. And one of the therapists who spoke, I can't remember her name now, but she talked about how she's revolutionized. She works with Hollywood's finest people, and she's a clinical psychologist, and she's got years and years and years of experience. And the number one thing she does with people that completely revolutionizes their lives. She gets them to take a cokey or a stick of lipstick and write on their mirror, I'm enough. Oh, wow. That's all. Yeah. So, and she has completely changed their lives. These people go on and about, you know, they're multi, multi millionaires. They've had terrible histories of substance abuse and self abuse and, and, and huge success followed by huge uh, coming, crashing down. And it's, she Maybe said that's we can what, also look at that, Brucey. Yeah. We can also look at it as, as how much we are looking for, um, you know, for, to being approved and to be, you know, yes. to validated. get our partners mm. validated. Exactly. We don't want that. It's a, it's, we need to be as whole as we can, as happy as with ourselves as we can. On our own. It's such an important realization. Which is, exactly. where, which is kind of where we started in a way, saying that if it becomes yeah. dependent on somebody else's approval, mm. they can never approve of you enough. Exactly. And at some point, it's an absolute given that that approval in whatever way it comes to you is either going to change or be withdrawn. Yeah. Definitely. Because in 20 years' time, I might not be doing the same things Mm. for you that I'm doing today. Mm. I make you tea every morning or coffee or whatever, and you think that's an expression of love, and it might very well be. And one morning I wake up and say, I'm not doing this. Yeah, over it. Then what? Does that mean I don't love you yeah, anymore? Yeah. No, maybe I just don't want to get out of bed then. Whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. And that's why the more you're in your heart space, the more you'll see who you are. Mm. Exactly. Fascinating. Wow. And it's really, um, it's this simple. Stop. Breathe. Relax. Drop into your heart. I'm going to use that. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say drop your pants, but that's well, just that me. Too. That too. Yeah, no. <laughs> Which is a wonderful expression of love in any way, any given time. Been there, done that. question of that. Yeah. So we are very, that's very the happy next to one. do that. That's it. Yeah. So we can absolutely do that at any given moment. Sorry. And, um, yeah, which is kind of where I wanted to go, but we haven't gone anywhere um, near there. We mm. don't have a lot of time because we went somewhere else. But it's a beautiful topic. We'll come back to it. And it's how important sex is. Definitely. In yeah. a relationship. Because more relationships end directly or indirectly through sexual issues than any other single yes. factor. Yeah. And the power we've given that is enormous. We have made sex the criterion for so many different things. Um, and, you know, a relationship will last through almost everything else except sexual infidelity for so many people, mm-hmm. yes. what we call sexual infidelity, yes. and I have issues with that term by itself, mm-hmm. and through sexual blockages and problems and incompatibility and everything around that. Yeah. Because of what it represents. The sex itself, because that is often the deepest expression of our authenticity, 
one of them anyway, especially when it's connected to heart and spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that lacks, and often we will put so many other things into the sexual space because we can't express them anywhere else. Yeah. And we can't express the sexual stuff anywhere else either. I think that's an, I think that's another show on its own. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, sexual compatibility versus spiritual, psychological, and emotional compatibility. It's huge, you know. Yeah. And if you go back to the last conversation we had with uh, Galen Fuss a couple of weeks ago, it was so much about that. And a conversation yeah. that I had with uh, my friend Caroline Carrington, a tantra teacher in America, was so much about that. Yeah. And that becomes often the biggest expression of the dance of our love with somebody else. The song about it, the story. And in fact, I will tell you something. The next retreat we're doing up in Mozambique, that's the title for it, is Your Sexual Story. Wow. And the subtitle is Going From Limitation, From Pain, From Contraction to Freedom and Pleasure. Wow. Your Sexual Story. Yeah. Mm. And it is fascinating. And I've been thinking about it and looking at processes. I'm so excited about it. It's really amazing. So that's the next one up in Five five nights we're going to be there for. Cool. Sounds Which amazing. Very cool. Dark star tomorrow. You ask. know what the dark star is. Come on, because you love it as much as I do. What's the dark star? <laughs> it's the place when you go there, you just have to go slow. Yeah. And you have to use a lot of lube. And it's the most beautiful pleasure and the deepest, intense pleasure you can have. It is the, the place that uh, you should go and everybody's afraid of. It's the most beautiful place. The anus, right? There we go. Claire's oh, still you. confused. Now yeah. she's got it. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> I need a chalk, you know, baby. A you real, need to point yeah, it out to me where it's supposed to be. With, okay, well, we will. With my friends here and they all said, no, anal's not necessary. It's not necessary. And I was like, don't you want to have pleasure? It's necessary. Nothing is necessary. Everything's a choice. Mm-hmm. There, you want a good one. Nothing's yeah. necessary. One. Everything is a choice. We have got a lot of really awesome now. little sound bites and tweets and things from today. <laughs> Definitely. So, guys, thank you yeah. so much for being here this morning. By the way, I tweeted all of your amazing, amazing gems. So, don't worry. It's all there. Oh, thank awesome. you. Thank you. Thank you. And we so look Take forward look. to being back here with you. I can't wait to be naked in the studio again. <laughs> again, yay. So two really cool things coming up that I have. Uh, on the 22nd of this month, I'm doing a talk on exploring your sexuality. And it's kind of an encapsulation in a way of your sexual story. So it's the principles of sexual exploration, um, how you do that, how you fit it into a relationship. So that is really cool. Um, and obviously, you're all welcome to that. Mm-hmm. It's just a talk. Awesome. So it's very gentle. Wonder. And on the 1st of December is what I think will probably be the last water massage for this year. And you guys are both invited as my guests if you awesome. would like to come. It's also World AIDS Day, I just have to That's say. That's right. So we're going to celebrate wow. it with some beautiful experience in the water. And on the 6th of December, I'm doing a talk on the G-Spot at the Belarus Ladies' Night. So what the G-spot is, where it is, how do you find it, what do you do with it when you find it, and a little bit about female ejaculation, which we made the flavor of the month. I mean, Monique squared it 26 times at Sexpo in four days. So She's a machine. Absolutely. It's amazing. So we're going to be talking about machine. that. She's a squirting machine. And that's really cool. <laughs> Um, next week, uh, there might be a surprise happening next week. We will find out in cool. the week. But we will be back next week. 
Woohoo! Thank you. And we wish you all so much pleasure. Cliffcentral.com.